your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Avalanche fans? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom. Kyle Sullivan, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. A lot to get to today. Uh, We didn't do a show Friday, so we didn't really get to talk about the Kings game. And, of course, the Avalanche game over the weekend over the Montreal Canadiens. Kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde type of thing. (laughs) But they won both of them. So the the, the winning train keeps rolling. Uh, So we'll talk about everything. A lot to get to. But first things first. Follow the show on social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions to Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe and get notified whenever a new show goes live. All right, sir. Uh, yeah, like I said, we didn't do a, a Friday show. A um, lot going on, but the, the Avs win in L.A., Mm-hmm. And then they come home and get their 15th in a row against the lowly Montreal Canadiens. But they needed overtime to do that. And I don't think a lot of people, you know, you have that that is one team on one end of the standings and the other team on the complete other end of the standings. You can't really expect a blowout anywhere, but you were thinking the abs would kind of handily win this one and it started off that way a two to nothing win Montreal battles back goes into overtime was it frustration or was it just like no like they'll come out on top yeah I want them to really you know blow this thing out of the water but it just wasn't happening was there frustration or what? well with the avalanche this year like watching them game in game out we've seen them perform like this against Arizona against Seattle like they're known for kind of playing down to the teams that you, uh, us as fans, were like, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to hang a 10 spot on them. We're going to embarrass Montreal. And then they don't. And then you're kind of frustrated. And then it goes to overtime. And, of course, you have that confidence because the Avalanche are on absolute hot streak right now. Of course, you feel good about it. But then you get to overtime and you're like, one stupid play. And the way... <sighs> that the avalanche were playing in that game, it could have happened. You're like oh, one man. stupid play. And this is going to be embarrassing, but the abs do what the abs have been doing and they beat Montreal. So yes, it's a little frustrating, but we are starting to get more confident in this team and Hey, avalanche. It's great that you're doing that, but let's stop testing my fandom. <laughs> well, uh, and, and they're saying it like, you know, Nathan McKinnon said after the game, it's good that we're ha- we know what problems we have to battle through, but we're winning on the on the yeah. on the outset. You know, when when all is said and done, we're winning these games. They're not the way we want to, so they're not sugarcoating anything. They they know that you know they they that Montreal shouldn't be even hanging with them at any point of the game, but. That's the the cards you're dealt. And what do you do? Do do you just say like, why aren't we blowing this team out? Like, uh, do we just sit back and just complain about it or do you go win the game and then figure it out later on and that's what the avalanche are doing they're they're winning the games yes they're not how especially that game yeah they're not how we want uh an avalanche team to to win a game against a team that is at the bottom of the standings but number one i think that speaks to you know 
the pair, and I don't make excuses for the Avalanche. Trust me, but yeah. you know the, the the parody in the league is unmatched by any uh, sport. And by parody, I don't mean the Montreal Canadiens are as good as the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, on any given night, a team can come up with a victory, and, mm-hmm. and Montreal was close to that. If they had played a back to back, look look at what happened with Arizona. Yeah. The first game in Arizona, Arizona played them tough. Mm-hmm. And that was a game that Abs had to battle. The next game, they blew them out of the water. Yeah. If they had played Montreal on a back-to-back, the next game, it probably would have got ugly because the Avalanche yeah. know what – Montreal can't give you much more looks than what they had given you. No. So that – you know, stuff. this is going to happen. This happens in, in all sports. This happens in baseball all the time where the worst yeah. team in the league can beat the, the top team in the league. You just have to deal with it, but you are winning the games – on the other end, and it's good that the Avs know this, and I keep saying this. They are winning these games, and these are the games that you want them to be winning mm-hmm. because this is what you're going to go through in the playoffs. And I know that sounds like a broken record, but it is so true. You don't want blowouts game after game after game. No, and it's one of those that you're like, you want them to win these games, but they're not giving up just because they're like, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. And we talked about that just a couple days ago. Like, they're not they're continuing to win the games without even really trying. And I think it's really funny as a, like a, as a fan base, it was just last month that we were like, are the avalanche good enough to topple Nashville, Minnesota? Like, could, are we good enough? And now we're continuing to win. We only have one loss so far this month. (laughs) And we're just like, why aren't we blowing them out of the water? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I, I think, like I said, when when you hear what they're saying, even Jared Bednar is saying, like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're we're winning, we're winning these games, but we're not doing it the way that we want to do. Yeah. So for from from like uh, everybody else in the league, you know, looking at that, and saying like, wow, the Avs are in a position that they are in, and they're telling us they're not even playing their best hockey. Are they dumbing it down to what their opponent is? I don't know. Like I think they. You, you look at the where's, – where's the stats for the Montreal game? Like, they had 46 shots on goal. Yeah. You know what I mean? They gave up 30, but they had 46 shots on that. I will say, though, I didn't feel like a lot of those shots were, were like, high-danger shots. No. I felt like, you know, they're, they're the goalie for Montreal, who was it? Um, oh. Primo. Um, Primo. Yeah. Caden Primo. I didn't feel like he was really – I mean – yeah, 46 shots on that. And when I say I don't feel like he was tested, I mean, I don't think he was flopping all over the place and standing on his head to make these saves. The abs were kind of just throwing things right into his his logo, it yeah. seemed. And and that's how it was, like, kind of against uh, the Kings. Like, there were really tests on quick. And, like, Kiefer Sherwood's goal was evidence of that. That was just a blind just shot. He uh, yeah. capitalized yeah. on a turnover and just turned around and just fired it. And nine times out of ten, goals like that don't happen. Like you could see when they get wide open shots to do a one timer, they ring them wide, like wide right, wide left. Like Kiefer's goal doesn't happen a lot, and you saw the evidence of the shot selection in that Montreal game. You're not really testing the goalie, and nobody's looking like Jack Campbell in that matchup we had against Toronto. Like they're not going crazy on us. We're just the shots aren't incredible. Yes, they're you can count them. They're 46 shots is nice, but they're not the best shots in the world. No, I mean, it's, it's you know, even even when they have good uh, shooting lanes, 
you're not seeing like go for corners or anything. Mm. Like, I mean, when you get, you know, Nathan McKinnon is always going to do that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like the shot selection isn't there. And maybe it's just, let's just get a shot on net mm-hmm. and then maybe like collect the rebound, which, yeah. but it doesn't seem like that's happening a ton. Yeah. It's happened a couple times here and there, but I, and, and what you said earlier about, you know, the abs, not that they're ever going to be like, you know, we don't care about this game, but, frustration for them must have been setting in that why can't we just start blowing this team out yeah and then when that happens when when you're when you're a top of the league team playing a bottom league team that is hanging with you uh you your frustration level might just start Mm -hmm. pick up and then you start playing outside of how you normally play yeah and and i give the credit to the avalanche for not doing that they still played their game they didn't force anything they didn't rush anything because then you're getting outside of their your style and that's exactly what montreal wants you to do and then they can capitalize that but yeah when when they went into overtime you uh, anything can happen in overtime it, yeah. it does you know you get one bad bounce or someone takes a shot and it gets blocked and we've seen it so many times before luckily that didn't happen and a bad change that gets that's usually what wins a game in overtime is one bad shift change and the Avalanche do that on occasion here lately, and yeah. that in overtime could have been a <laughs> a huge roadblock to overcome. But for us to capitalize, and we're winning games in overtime. You got to look at it that way. We're winning games in overtime, which is yeah. also something that's it's that's, been difficult. That's new, that's yeah. new to Avalanche fans because they have overtime has not been good for them. So, uh, like we said, the Avs just keep winning games that is the bottom line we look at it you know when people are looking at the standings uh that's what you're gonna look at mm-hmm. is wins losses and points points percentage all that how you did it guys like us will look at that but i think the majority of people we're not going to be hanging on although some people might that they they struggled to get past montreal like at the end i really don't feel like that is a sticking point for people to you know like when power rankings come out which you know we here at locked on nhl do all the time I'm not going to ding the Avalanche for just getting by Montreal. Not not in an NHL league, no. And what you need to think, we are playing Chicago tonight. This will be our 40th game of the year. We have single-digit losses. You know what? Yeah. Um, I was asked a question on Instagram. And let me uh, get to who we got first, Bilt Bar, and then I'll ask you that question. All right. So, uh, Bilt Bar, it's a new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. It is, if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Bilt Bar in that plan. Bilt Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and probably even better than a candy bar. And Bilt Bar makes it easy to stick to your resolutions because it tastes so good, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like what? Chemical spill. Mm, yeah, you don't want that flavor. Uh, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. And by week three, you might be thinking, where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bar has you covered because they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compared that to a normal candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs so go over to built.com use the promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off of your order once again use that promo code locked one five for 15 percent off at builtbar.com all right uh yeah i was i want to bring it up because i want to give him the credit uh for asking on instagram 
Um, it was Brandon. Brandon France asked me, do, and this was before the the L.A. game. Okay. All right. So he said, do you think that the Avs will get to 10 losses or 30 wins? Mm. So keep in mind, like I said, that was before the L.A. game. So, you know, right now that that so that was two wins ago, basically. And right now the Avs are 28, 8 and 3. So they were 26, 8 and 3 when that happened. And I had told them like that L.A. game. Scared me because it was a back to back. You're in L.A. You're on the West Coast. Never been friendly to the Avs. L.A. has really kind of hung with the Avalanche the past couple of years, kind of given them fits. So I told them, I was like, if they can get past L.A., I think they could, you know, looking at the schedule, they definitely could get to 30 wins before they get to 10 losses. And now they're they're kind of, you know, there's 28 wins, eight losses. If I had asked you that before, if I had shared that with you, which I didn't, if I had shared that with you before the LA game, would you have thought they could have got to what thirty wins or ten win or ten losses first? If I would have been right there with you. Um, that LA game would have been the because, of course, in hindsight, you were thinking like Montreal was no big deal, so you would go right through it. And um, that LA game would be if we could get through that, things look pretty good for that thirty win mark because you got Chicago, Boston, Chicago. Yeah. Because that's what I was thinking. Like, if you lose LA, that's nine. You should be able to beat Montreal, mm-hmm. and then what? The Boston game is is the sticking point. Like, you never know. You don't play the Boston a lot, so you don't know what no. you're gonna. Yeah, it's at home, but uh, I don't know. I thought that was a, a, good, a good question, and kind of how it's playing out is kind of what I was thinking. Like that LA game, and it, going back to what I said in the first segment about how you're winning these games is only, you know propping up your your confidence level yeah in winning those games that game that was a tough game it was very very tough la uh was really in control of that game pretty much for all of it and for the avalanche to come out on top of that game that was so so impressive in my in my eyes and when was the last time we were talking about swinging the west coast swing and walking out with a sweep yeah no that doesn't happen yeah, and it's that uh, that L.A. game being in L.A. or L.A. for your letter kidding fans. Like it's a it's a raucous environment. Like they love the Kings and like for Bill the Farrell Aston- was there and cheering <laughs> for the most part. And like for us to do that on another. Hey, there's another name to tally off on our goalie list. Like we've mm-hmm. been absolutely taking care of name goalies in the league. And yeah. and I tweeted it out before the game to see Quentin Byfield. That was his call-up game, and he looked great. He does. Like, he looks, yeah. On the verge of getting his like first goal a couple times in that game. Very and close. for them not to buckle to that also speaks a lot for the Avalanche. I, the Avs, like, I kind of feel like right now, you know, bringing it back to football, uh, for the longest time, and still to this day, there's residual hate for the New England Patriots mm-hmm. long after Tom Brady has left. But they just always won. You gave yeah. if you had to play the perfect game to beat them. Mm-hmm. And if you if you gave them one minuscule of, of daylight, they would take it, exploit it, and beat you. 
Yeah. And I feel like that's the avalanche right now. Like you have to play a perfect game to be, even when they're not playing perfect, that doesn't mean that they're playing perfect all the time. It means that you have to play perfect. And if you don't, they'll just take those couple opportunities and turn them into goals. And that's what they did against LA. LA was dominant in that game. And see what, what teams are thinking when the avalanche roll in or they roll into Denver, like we have to take care of Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantan, and Gabe Landeskog. But in the LA game, you've got contributions from Kiefer Sherwood, Abe Kubel, Devin yeah. Tays. Like you can match your best against our best, but your second line is not going to handle our second line or your third, and most definitely not your fourth. You could cycle in whatever fresh face, new call up on that fourth line, and we're still going to be better than your fourth line. And even in the the Montreal game, they were just giving up odd man rush after odd man mm, rush. Yes. And normally that just spells doom. Yes. I mean, th- the amount that Montreal, I think that speaks to, you know, the, the lack of, uh, you know, coming through on Montreal side and execution on Montreal mm-hmm. side. Then it spoke to, to the avalanche getting back on defense. Like it, it was just, I mean, you can't do like, that's one of the things that we're talking about. Like the abs have to, they can think they're lucky stars that they, they've won that game and then they can try to correct it, obviously, going forward. You give up that many against mm-hmm. a Panther team, you know, a Blues team, it's over for you. So yep. you, you can't make a habit of that. Good thing it happened against a team like Montreal, but not a good thing in general that that happened in general. So there, there is obviously things that the Avalanche need to correct. And we say that while they seem to be correcting the mm-hmm. penalty kill, which yes. looks, was, has, has looked a lot better. Um, and even the power play has looked a lot better. So it's like you're correcting some things on this side and then like what's going on on the defensive end when you're letting up these Ottoman rushes on the other side. And and the thing is, these are talked about in the press conference from Bednar. We need to work on the power play. It doesn't even take a week and you start to see penalty kill and power play both improve. So yeah. when it, I mean, anybody could see the defensive woes we had against Montreal like if you can win a game and let up that many odd man rushes and still walk out of there with a win and you say okay we can't do that anymore tonight against chicago let's see if that still continues because you can't win games that way and you're not going to just let that slide yeah yeah well let's talk about um colorado and chicago but uh first let's hear from bet online and betonline.ag would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we are marching towards the Super Bowl. And I'm looking at that score. Did you check the score, man? Uh-huh. Because, yeah, uh, Kansas City came back. I mean, that was a phenomenal game. It was. <laughs> it was just, uh, I, I, you know, once Denver's out of it, I don't watch a ton of football, but that was an incredible slate of games all weekend. Unbelievable. Uh, but Bet Online remains your number one spot to bet on all of these games and for your number one spot for sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage. Of all the amazing offers available for 2022, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. It's where the game starts. BetOnline.ag. Uh, all right, real, real quickly, who? What, what's your Super Bowl matchup? And Ooh, I mean, so what, I mean, what are we down to? We're down to Bengals and 
Chiefs, right? Bengals, Chiefs, 49ers, 49ers and Rams, Raiders. right? All right. I mean, I think – well, you, I want 49ers, Chiefs. See, I, I want the Chiefs out. I, I didn't want the Chiefs out <laughs> last week. You know why I'm not well, choosing the Bengals. Yeah. No, well, yeah. I don't know. I think – I, I I think the best matchup would be Rams Chiefs. Yeah, who, who would I like to see? Uh, anybody against the Bengals? It would be yeah. what I'd like to see. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, but getting back to our sport, the better sport, and uh, our team, the better team of any of those football teams. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they are up against the Chicago Blackhawks yet again. Um, Blackhawks playing. Better than I, w- I want to say, like you know, they've lost three in a row. I get that, but uh, took Minnesota to overtime. And considering the start of the season that they had, yeah, I mean, I mean, Montreal had a horrible start to the season, and they're continuing to be horrible. <laughs> uh, Chicago had a horrible start to the season, and at least they're turning it around a little bit. They're mm-hmm. four games under five hundred. They're fifteen, nineteen, and seven. So I don't think anybody thought they would be there uh, at, at this stage in the game. So playing better, yeah, playing better, but still a team that you have to beat. But you, when when you're going up against Mark Andre Fleury, that the, I I feel like the Avs have had his number lately. Mm-hmm. But he's obviously a Hall of Famer; he can turn it on any time. What are you expecting tonight? See, and we we mentioned this a couple times, and it's a blessing and a curse of where the Avalanche are as a team. We have a wicked hot hot streak when it comes to being at home. We have a wicked hot winning streak. We're one of the we're the best team in the Western Conference. With teams that are looking to prove themselves, this is the thing they put on the bulletin board. Like, the Avalanche are doing this. They're really excelling here. Wouldn't it be great for us to prove that we're on the right track if we disrupt this for the Avalanche? Right, right, right. And the thing is, now, with the Avalanche, which this might be, this might get some people fired up, we have a good 1A, 1B goalie situation now. Starting to pick up. We have Pavel Francos and Darcy Kemper both performing, both walking out with a shutout recently. Yeah. So it like everything's clicking for the Avalanche. This is a great trap game, if you will, where Chicago could come in there with a Marc Andre Fleury looking to prove himself after getting kind of shown out a little bit against our last game. Chicago could come in here and give us some real problems. If this is how we played against Montreal, can we get it going fast enough against Chicago to take the momentum and beat them at home and keep this winning streak going? I think this game's going to be really, really good tonight. And you're starting, you know, we're getting to the point in the season where you're going to hear trade Mm -hmm. possibilities pick up more steam. More so than they than they have in the past few weeks or months, and the name that's going to get thrown out there all the time is Mark Andre Fleury. Is he going to yeah. stay with Chicago? And as the Avalanche, you know, if you're taking the Avalanche season as a whole, you know their goaltending has been—I don't want to say weeks, but it's been up and down. But recently, it's been it's been good since Francois has come back. It's been good, even with with Kemper, it, it's been fine. I think the Avalanche, I mean, you know. I don't know how much those guys listen to what goes on in, in the media and social media and all that stuff. But even on, on the avalanche end, they they're going to want to be putting up a game. If they do listen to that nonsense, they're going to want to be saying like, we don't need this guy. No, We're just fine. We are just fine with who we have one, a one B. This is, this was the plan going forward. They're both healthy. Francis is back. He's looking good. We're going to, 
you know, whoever goes and go, which I'm assuming is going to be Kemper, uh, he's going to look to continue his really good play as of late to go head to head with one of the uh, all time greats. The game tonight, we're going to be focusing on the game on the ice, but we need to also be thinking about what's going on in the upper level and that owner suite. Yeah. Because there was a report last week that the only players not up for grabs in a trade are Kane, Taze, and Jones. That okay. means they're letting Debrinket, he's available, Doc. Mm-hmm. There's some talent on that team. It might not be Marc-Andre Fleury that we're looking at and kicking the tires on. Yeah. There's positional depth there. So whatever the Avs decide, like Sackick remembered Kemper and what he does, he's he picks out these players and the talent on all these different teams. I think tonight might be one of those games that he evaluates that third and fourth line depth. And he also sees what's going on in Chicago and says, you know, I think with the proper team, and I think you might see something bud out of this game tonight. Hmm. Uh, You're going to hear so many names and you're going to hear so many of them attached to the avalanche. And it's up to Joe Sackick to decide what he wants. Does he want to upset this streak that this team is on? Does he go? I mean, and last year left a bad taste in people's mouths of, of you know, the Soderbergh deal. Yeah. Of bringing in like some depth guys who are familiar with the Avalanche, like former Avs. You bring those yep. guys in and and it, it didn't pan out. <clears throat> so are the Avs going to be picking up guys at the deadline? Yeah. That's what, what, you know, teams at the top of the standings do. Who will they be? That obviously remains to be seen. <clears throat> You're hearing names like, like Claude Giroux getting thrown out there a lot. There was a, a rumor saying they wanted, oh uh, man, who did they? I think they wanted New Hook, and and Sackick was like, yeah, no, no. Uh, but but according to these rumors, he said no to New Hook, but was offering up Jost. You know, this is stuff that goes on in in, in media circles, so I don't know the the you know validity to any of that. But you're hearing Claude Giroux a lot. Uh, and, and Philadelphia is going to be sellers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're going to be looking for some prospects and some picks. You, you don't know. So I'm just we saying, might like, even not, get gritty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, not every single player that is out there is coming to Colorado. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I think the moves that you're going to be seeing them make are some more depth moves. I just feel yeah. like that's the reality of the situation. You don't need to shore up anything in the top six. You don't. No. So why upset that? Get you know, get some death players. But but you said, you know, the Avs are, are you know, one of the the top teams in the league, obviously. We do like I said, we do our power rankings here on, on uh Locked On NHL and, and Adam from Locked On Lightning and I host that show every Thursday. Mm-hmm. I have not put and I'd be totally honest with you, I have not put the Avalanche number one since the beginning of the season. I had them at number three last week. And I'm just letting people know I'm putting them at number one, right? Yeah. I think this is the best team in the league. Um, and and I don't I don't want to say there's no discussion about it. Yeah, you can have a discussion about you know teams like the Panthers and and the Hurricanes have been number one and number two. I think the app the way the Avalanche are playing right now, and you look at their season as a whole, this is the best team in the league. This is we are in the year 2022. This is the best avalanche team we have put on the ice in 20 years. And by the end of it, it could be the best, the best team ever. ever. It could be. They're on that. They're on a pace. 
Yeah. They're on a pace to be to, to have their most points in, in franchise history. And you don't want to cop. We can't even have that conversation. Yeah. Uh, if they go on to to beat to, to have the most points in a season for franchise history and go on to win the cup. We're, we're have we are having that discussion and those will be some fun episodes to talk about. Yeah. And you, and you mentioned just earlier about like the trades we made last year. We're doing this without Ian Cole, Ryan Graves, like names that we have fallen in love with. Brandon Sod. Like, Belmar. <laughs> oh, Belmar. Oh, I miss him. Yeah. No Grubauer. Donskoy. No Donskoy. Like the names we've fallen in love with, like we're putting out the best effort the Avalanche fans have seen in quite some time, yeah. probably will ever see. So I know the trade talk is looming. But no, Sackick doesn't want to upset how things are operating now because we are, and we have Eustace Annanen in the pipe, so yeah. we are okay. <laughs> right, for this year, and, and we said at the end of last year that the team heading into this year is going to look different. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be true for next year. Yeah. Because there's a lot of free agents up for the Avs. And so does you know Sackick know that and say like, you know, I, although I know we are good for the foreseeable future with prospects that we have and our, our, you know, core intact and, you know, assuming that you sign Nathan McKinnon, do you go after it this year? Do you go after it and acquire more high end players uh, that might be OK playing on a third line? Like, like, you know, where would Claude Giroux go? I don't know. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I think at his age, I think he'd be fine being on a third line on a Colorado Avalanche team. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. But does is that the mindset of Joe Sackick is, you know, next year is going to look a lot different. So, yes, we're, we're going full bore into it this year and, and we'll make some moves. I don't it, it'll be an interesting team to watch. That's for sure. Yeah. 20 years removed from a Ray Bork move. Mm-hmm. Could we see something like that one more time? Mm-hmm. Going to be interesting. So, uh, but we will be back tomorrow to talk about at least the Avalanche and the Blackhawks. And uh, maybe they make a deal while they're playing and jerseys <laughs> change hands in between the first and second period. That would be interesting. Duchesne uh, was traded mid game. So. He was. He was, yeah. Um, all right. Well, that'll wrap it up for today. Uh, another week worth of shows to go. Bad we're Glad we're back in the uh, saddle here for you guys. So, thanks for making this your first listen of the day head on over to locked on nhl and make that your second listen of the day get caught up and everything going on around the league and that'll wrap it up for monday's edition so he is mr shaggy von doom kyle sullivan i am chris maselli and this is the locked on avalanche podcast we'll see you guys tomorrow go abs go go abs go